Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, dedicated to making you a better seller. Recorded 4,827 miles across the Atlantic Ocean with Bobby Das from Houston, Texas, a father, husband, golfer, pilot, and tech seller. And Brian Evans, an expat in London, England, family man, 2X Ironman, and an ERP salesman. Both sharing tried and true sales strategies and providing free tools to make each week and campaign easier for you. They also answer your questions weekly. Now, here is Bobby and Brian. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. How was your week? It was good. Busy, of course, but uh, tired of all the rain here in Houston, Texas. Hoping it dries out soon. How about you? How's Windsor? Windsor is uh, its actually pretty right now. We, we're just getting through the rainy season, so uh, spring is in the air. Perfect. So today, this is Series 2, Episode 4, Territory Planning, The Wrap-Up. We hope you heard our first Listener's Choice podcast over the past couple weeks, and we're going to also continue to do Listener Choice questions at the beginning of each episode. So today, we have a couple questions, and the first one that we're going to talk about is how to promote yourself at work. Brian, you want to ask the question that the listener sent in? Yeah, that sounds good. This was a great one. Uh, this one came in over LinkedIn. Um, so it's been good to get some good, interesting dialogue and conversations going there. So this came in from a listener that says, um, how do I best promote my work? So without coming off poorly, she's heard that she needs to self-promote herself to leadership to show her how show them how she's doing. And she feels like this is sometimes not very natural. She doesn't want it to come off as disingenuous. I hear her and I get it. I, I struggle with that myself in the past, and I've seen many people struggle with it. I believe it. it's kind of two parts to what she's thinking and feeling, though. The first part is, are people doing it to be disingenuous? I, I don't think I ever would admit it 10 years ago, but I think 10 years ago I was probably doing some things to be disingenuous, meaning... I was creating content. I wasn't sharing it. I was trying to be the best and keeping things close to the best. But today I really share things freely and often. I don't keep anything back and it's not hurting me in my career. It's only continuing to help me. So I'm not saying that she is, but when the mindset is I'm doing it to be disingenuous, it probably means that it is not going to be received well. So now if I make an email template, I share with everybody on my team. Of course, my boss is seeing it. He's on that distribution list and I'm in essence, getting the promotion without having to really promote. I'm just doing the job of sharing. I say less than 20% of the people ever use that stuff that I share, but my boss knows what I'm doing. The second part of that is that how am I connected in my organization and outside of my organization? Promoting yourself isn't just about uh, sending out the emails and telling everybody what you're doing, but having that core mentor group. It's probably an entire different series or episodes about promoting yourself, but as I think about it, I think everyone should have two mentors that are their peers inside of an organization, one person that's a level above you that's not your boss, so probably a boss's peer, and then a couple people outside your company to give you context and color that may not be exactly what everyone inside your business thinks. But you got to own those mentorship relationships. You got to ask for the time. You got to make it productive. And you got to have a reason to continue to follow up with these people and stay engaged. Ask them how you can help them. You'd be surprised. Rookies can help vets uh, in a lot of different ways, but more than anything, it's just your 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 hunger and your desire to go win. Um, I, I find it very valuable to mentor people because of that one reason alone. 
Yeah. What about you, Brian? Anything else to add? Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I think you've got to be introspective a bit here too and make sure that what you're doing isn't just your job. And not to say that you shouldn't yeah, I mean, you've got to do your job well, of course, but make sure that it's something above and beyond that you're doing and it's a differentiator and that you've actually achieved results. If you're three months in your role or six months in your role, um, you can't come to a senior leader and say, look at the great things I'm doing when you haven't actually achieved some great results consistently over and over again. Um, so just be really uh, introspective about what is it that you've accomplished and uh, like you said, use your mentors and talk to them and understand what those business leaders' objectives are. What are their core goals that they're trying to accomplish? And then how do the things that you're doing kind of above and beyond your job align to their goals? I think I, I was a lot like you I, in that 10 years ago, whenever I was meeting with business leaders, I would, I'd come like with this beautiful PowerPoint deck that I put together. I put so much time and effort into it and it was kind of gently touting some things that I'd done. And, uh, and then as you might expect, Bobby, these meetings fell flat um, because I asked for a meeting for them. And then here I come showing off my deck to them, which is so, so uninteresting to them. Right. Yeah. And I, I also think that similar to you in those earlier days or earlier meetings, I don't think I listened to the feedback. I think I was yeah. so focused on what I was trying to accomplish. I didn't hear the feedback. And then imagine if you're that executive today or that leader and you mentor someone and they don't hear your feedback and they don't implement that, it's not going to be a very active mentorship relationship moving forward. Yeah, and I, 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 um, it was a big aha moment for me uh, when I met with a mentor or a senior business leader. And instead of creating this giant PowerPoint deck, I spent two hours thinking of really smart, sharp questions to ask them. And I showed up and then it turned into this beautiful one-hour conversation and and this guy actually was instrumental in me getting a job oh, probably four years after that meeting uh, a, a pretty major role um, and it was because I showed up to that meeting with genuine interest in what he had learned over his 40 years and in, in, in that business um, and then he because of the questions I asked and the conversation and dialogue that we had he had an appreciation for me and that, and that ended up carrying some real weight for me from a career perspective so I think the net of it is if you're doing great stuff, it's going to be seen. Like you said, be open to feedback. Uh, something, Bobby, that you have you taught me early on was to have good follow-up actions with the mentor too. So um, with, with, this, with this mentor that I'm talking about, there were a couple projects that we worked on together uh, post our discussion. So have action items that you can take away uh, with your mentor as well. Yep. Great question. Hopefully that helps the listener move forward in their mentorships and their promotion at their company. So the second question we'll address today is the first three episodes of territory planning have provided a lot of guidance and they like what they've seen so far, but what happens Brian, when the territory plan goes bad, how do you fix that? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's look this again, we, this is a job we've signed up for. This is an entrepreneurial type exercise. Um, so um, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be ups and flows. Uh, there's a lot of ambiguity to the work that we do. So being creative and how we execute on the job all the time is critically important. Um, for me, it, it, and maybe this is all specific to me, so I'd love to get your feedback on this too, Bobby. But for me, when I'm, when I'm hitting a struggle point in, in my territory, um, it's usually that I'm, I'm overstressed a bit 
So the steps that I take are maybe a little bit different, um, but maybe they're the same for others, so I'll share them. For me, it's all about a uh, deliberate weekend of rest. I'm not great at resting, um, but it's it's really trying to, to leave the laptop shut, leave the phone on the nightstand, um, and, and really try to focus on resting. During the week, um, you know, Fridays are always kind of a conference call day, you know, getting caught up on emails. But I've really tried to adapt Thursday mornings to take Thursday mornings and really focus on uh, maybe sleeping in an extra hour, hour and a half and getting really rested up. Um, that for whatever reason, that really helps me and helps my weeks. Um, taking evenings off, like you, you can't do it forever, of course, but just really trying to rest the mind a little bit. And then while I'm doing this, while I'm taking my mind off the business, I'm trying to read books or listen to audiobooks that aren't related to business, that are that kind of stimulate another part of my brain um, and, and to kind of take my mind off, off uh, the business a little bit. Um, exercise is always important for me, not consuming a bunch of carbs, so being smart about my diet. I'm not a dietitian, but, you know, carbs for me are just total um, cloud my brain up. So those are kind of like rest type activities. And then from the business standpoint, I think about a real assessment of every deal that I'm working on, setting dates, being prepared to put things on the back burner. If it's a deal that I've been working on that's just stalled, it's not moving, and I'm just beating my head against a wall, I'm, I'm okay to put that on the back burner and really focus on solid next steps for a deal that's real. And then really just trying to focus on rebuilding the territory or trying to find new deals. It's not getting caught up in uh, deals that are that are stalled out or taking way too long. Yeah, I think you hit it right on. And what, what I find interesting is you never talked about fixing the territory plan. You talked about other things. I, I definitely think there's a reboot exercise that you have to go through. It's probably not that the plan has gone bad as much as it is you're probably stuck in a few ruts that aren't the best, meaning a little bit of bad habits, a little bit of bad execution, and they've continued to, to resonate themselves in what you're doing. A couple of things that I do after I do what you said, I also am a rester and a blocker of things to get a bunch off my plate, um, is I go see customers and I ask them what's not working. I think often when we have those meetings with customers, we're, we're doing our things, we're trying to accomplish our goals, and we're not always so good at asking for feedback, but mm -hmm. customers will give it if you're genuine about it. I think I do the same thing with my team, pull them together. So you know, hey, things aren't working. We're not making the progress we said we would make at the beginning of the quarter or the year. Does anyone feel the same? Does anybody have any ideas? We're open. Anything's an option. No bad idea in this group. And I find that often team members will start sharing some of the things they're feeling. They, they probably all feel the exact same way, but they're probably not sharing it openly. And then finally, I do find something new to chase. So let's say I've got eight active deals and four or five of them aren't moving and three of them are a little slower than I want them to move. I just let those sit on the back burner for a couple of weeks and then I go chase a new piece of the business. Yeah, agreed. And I was thinking back too, Bobby, of um, when we had Nadine on the podcast and that's one of our top episodes. So thanks again, Nadine, for coming on. Uh, but she talked about her on time and, and really uh, one thing she called out that's really stuck with me is she planned her most strategic activities for her on time. And maybe it's time to reassess what those most strategic activities are and what next steps that you can take in your deals. And then how do you plan that into your day? 
So great, Perfect. great questions. Uh, please continue to send these in. We love to, we love to kind of mix these into the episodes uh, and focus on some things that are important to you. So Bobby, this leads us into episode four of our second series on territory planning. Uh, and we're going to wrap up the series today, as you mentioned. And, and one of the kind of is more of a conversation that, that kind of bubbled up that it kind of feeds nicely into both kind of a question, but also wrapping up the series itself. And it was a discussion around activities versus really generating true pipeline. So we've always heard the, act, uh, the anecdote of, you know, don't focus on the activities, focus on the outcomes. And this is a person that's considering leaving their company because in their minds, they've quote unquote focused on all the, the right activities, but they haven't actually achieved um, the results. Um, and it, it, it got me thinking a lot. And as we kind of talked through um, his pipeline about focusing and fostering dead plants. So Bobby, what is, when you think of dead plant, what do you think of? Well, last year for Christmas, I got a bonsai tree that turned brown pretty quick, and I put a lot of water on it and it never came back to life. That's what I think of when you first say that. I'm sure that's not what you mean. But I, we've talked about this a lot. I think we've said it on other episodes, but it's true. An opportunity that's dead can be watered and nurtured all you want to water and nurture it, and it will not come back to life. So if, if that's the activities that this person was referencing, then yeah. they're never going to get back on track. And one thing that you mentioned that I, that resonates with me is if he's doing all the right activities and not generating any pipeline, who's telling him those are the right activities. I know. And, and so that's part of the challenge. Like there are prospective customers out there that have every intention of buying your, your wares, whatever it is you're selling, right? They love it. Um, but they, whatever reason, right? This is a whole other series as to why they can't, he or she cannot buy it. Uh, you could achieve maybe this activity in his mind was meetings, or conversations that he'd had, if those conversations aren't progressing a real deal forward, not a dead plants or, or, or a dead deal or a deal that's not going to ever go anywhere, then to your point, he's, the, the activities are focused in the wrong place. So uh, I'd say the, the conversation ended up turning more towards you need to take a real assessment of your territory and your deals. And look, we, we all have those pipe dreams that are in Q4 every year and that continue to get pushed out to the next quarter and pushed out to the next quarter as they start to get management eyes on them. But you've really got to take a step back and assess your territory and focus on, uh, on driving new business. Yeah. The, the, the time suck is just tremendous. I think you've used the words, the cost of waiting. Um, as an example, let's just assume we go see that customer three hours every quarter and the deal pushes for six quarters. You know, that's 18 hours of my life in front of the customer, probably another 36 hours driving to and from that customer. And who knows how many people are involved with me and around me. That could easily add up to weeks of work for a deal that's going to really never produce any revenues for the company. It's expensive and it's if you could put all that effort into finding new territories pipeline, it would be amazing what you could result, what, what the results could actually be. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to kill the deal. It doesn't mean, um, it doesn't mean you have to give up on the opportunity. It just means quit, quit pouring water on that dead plants, go find some more plants. You got plenty of water, but I wanted the bonsai to live so I know, bad. I know they're pretty, they're pretty. <laughs> all right, Bobby. So, um, you've put your territory plan together. Um, we, you know, we talked about, um, in the last episode, we, we provided a, um, a deck 
that consolidates all the different parts and components of your territory plan. We hope that you found those useful. Please continue to give us feedback on the format that you like. We've, we've, we've kind of moved to more of PDF. That's what people have been asking for. But if you prefer this to be in OneNote or Evernote or whatever else, please let us know and we're happy to um, start to adapt these plans. Um, so now it's time to share your plan with uh, your teammates, right? So I, I don't know, Bobby, in, in ev- almost every case you've probably been a part of on a sales team, um, what, what did that scenario look like? How did you, you know, wh- who's, who's in those meetings typically? Yeah, normally it's anyone who supports or it sounds bad, but it's true. Anyone that gets paid on my business, anyone that gets credit for my business, anyone who could add their components to my business would be uh, in that meeting. And quite often it's more normally around a quarterly type thing where it's a quarterly briefing. So people are in a room, managers, the virtual team. Hopefully I've met with my virtual team before I'm presenting this, but I'm sharing it with a broader team. Um, And it's probably a PowerPoint or some of my Excel or Google sheets that I'm sharing with what I think I'm going to be able to accomplish. Yep. So the, the biggest mistake I see here in this, you've spent, you know, presumably you've spent the time to put together a great deck. Um, it's your point. You've got a room full of stakeholders. In a worst case, you've got a room full of stakeholders in your business, right? They somehow either get paid or they're peer, peers of yours, plus your manager, probably a few managers, maybe some pre-sales managers that are part of that meeting too. And I see it all the time to where, look, I know we're, I know everyone's busy. Uh, trust me, like this is the craziest time of the year for me personally. And this is the same time that we're doing our territory plans and our meetings with our teams. But people show up for these meetings and they've, and they've not rehearsed or prepared any sort of statements when it comes to their PowerPoint or Excel, like you said, whatever they use. You're being measured in these meetings against, you know, like just worst case um, against your uh, best case, rather, against your peers. Worst case, you're getting measured by the pre-sales managers, by your own managers. And how many times have you seen, Bobby, somebody show up and they've, they're kind of stumbling through the slides. They don't have a lot of content prepared with it. Sure, they may have some pretty slides, but they're totally unprepared for the work that, uh, that, that's upon them. Yeah, there's no doubt. They're, they are the average and the average is what is our enemy, right? So I've seen people post slides that had wrong content, wrong dates. They've copy and pasted. They don't know how to talk through it. They, 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 they're surely not going to say they screwed up. They, they try to talk around it. And it does go back to our first question we talked about today. It's the self-promotion. You have the opportunity yes. to shine, to be the best. So be the best in those meetings. Don't. We said it earlier on in this series. Don't just check the box. Don't just do the deck. Be the entrepreneur who's driving their business and and own it. And if you do that, you have to practice. And I would spend more time practicing than I would spend delivering the content. And if it's not valuable, I won't work on it. I'll tell my boss, you want this slide done, but it provides me and you no value. How do we we overcome that? Can I cut it out? Whatever that might be. other people that do those slides that provide no value, I wonder why they would waste their time on doing those, those, those things. Yeah, I mean, that's the first step we suggested on the first episode of this series is ditch the deck. I get it. There's going to be a slide that management's going to require that you put in there perhaps, but ditch the deck. Focus on what's going to add value to the team. This is an opportunity, especially if pre-sales is in the room or other uh, constituents to your business to build equity with them. If you come with a very solid, well put together plan, you're gonna build equity in your own brand internally. So invest 
what's what's 60 minutes what's 30 minutes getting prepared for this um for the return that you could get on that investment yep and then i think we've talked about it before but we'll share it now we both work for companies that we've only been at for three or four years now and no one knew us we were the new guys i think new new reps or early on in their career reps shouldn't expect the same amount of time as the senior people so assume you might get five minutes but prep like you're going to get the hour be bold do the best and you might be surprised you'll move up in that agenda very quickly if you do the best work yeah i agree um i'll never forget like the the first um territory planning session that we had for the for a company that i was at i was last on the agenda we had five minutes to go i was scrambling to show all the quote-unquote great work i'd done even though i hadn't closed the deal with the company yet and looking back i just kind of laughed because of um of how caught up i was in it um but however when that deck got sent out you know they consolidate the decks a lot of times and send the deck out um though sure enough those goals that i had planned to execute on i had executed on and i could point back to it. it's, it's kind of like we talked about in the second episode is kind of calling your shot and hitting your shot that deck was me calling my shot and really when i say deck we all know that that's for me it's a living document it's something that's in google sheets that then converts into powerpoint for me so that that's me calling the shot and then uh, sending it out is is committing to that yeah and i think that's where you have to keep keep the living document and have monthly and quarterly updates with either a small portion of your team the bigger broader team some companies do a quarterly briefing where they're doing it with the big big broader team but i like to i like to have a meeting on my schedule with my virtual team every quarter, probably the first Tuesday or thir- Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday of that first week, where I find a lot of my peers are kind of unwinding and getting ready to, to attack a new quarter. Everybody's available. I'm prepping with the, that virtual team. I'm doing the work for my presentation slash living document. And then when it comes time to present to my executives or my manager, I'm not staying up all night the night before trying to pull all that data together as I do see my peers doing and I'm, I've already practiced and I'm ready to go. So I get that whole day back. Yep. All about time efficiency, isn't it? All right. So, um, the final component to the territory plan is the quote unquote asks from the business. We've all seen some pretty fun and interesting things and asks of the business. I think for me, one of the funniest things I, I continue to see in territory plans and it's something that uh, one of our great general managers told us back at Microsoft was no victims, no victim statements. Bobby, what does that mean to you? No victims, no victim statements. Well, it, it's pretty evident that I, I can't blame other people around me for the lack of output or results that I produce. Um, I think I've, I've heard it a thousand times that I need better leads. I don't think we're any of us are going to get any better leads anymore. No one's going to call and say, can I buy a whole bunch of your stuff at list price? Um, I've seen crazy, crazy victim statements. Why don't you give an example or two of, of your history? <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to protect the, uh, protect the innocent here, but I, I would just say any statement that is, um, that your manager can't impact, right? You, like, sure, there may be some very, like, maybe there's an economic situation going in in your territory, Bobby. Maybe you had a massive floods and and the price of oil falls to the floor. You've had an experience in any of that, have you? 
<laughs> yeah, I think I get that. And so, like, what what is your what can your manager possibly do about that? Uh, not to say that there aren't some quota discussions that can be had as it comes to relief across national averages and so forth, but um, you, you got to be smart about what you can and can't impact. And um, if, if you're going to use this as an opportunity to try to burn management, uh, congratulations. That's a fantastic career limiting move uh, that, that you could do in front of everyone. Right. Yeah. So no victim statements. Hopefully you all know it. And if you aren't sure whether or not your bullets are victim statements, go ahead and send those to us. We'll give you our <laughs> candid feedback on what you what we really think. I think it's more about partner enablement, some of the marketing things that we could do, uh, maybe more entertainment. I often ask for the managers and leaders in the room to get more engaged in my business. I know I'm working on building this hopefully a huge deal at company ABC. It would be nice before I get to the close that these executives and managers get involved along the way. Um, I, 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 every partner or every company I've worked for has a slight partner management problem. It's probably lack of resources. So there's not enough partner account managers that are doing the right things for the partners in the field to, to have them know what we're doing. So I might ask for better partner enablement. What are some things that aren't victim statements, Brian, that you might ask for? Yeah, Bobby. So what I'm thinking about, and I think a lot about marketing, that tends to be the easiest ask you can sometimes get out of the box um, in, in terms of a request. Uh, marketing is such an imperfect science and art. Um, and you know, I think if we knew the answer to what a perfect marketing event was, it would be ruined within six months because everyone would do it and that would stop working. So I try to get creative. Maybe it's a steak dinner and a one to few event. Maybe it's getting a suite at a baseball game. Uh, just try to think a little bit outside of the box. If a marketing event didn't work six months ago, that doesn't mean it's it's not going to work this next time. If it did work last time, it doesn't mean it's going to work this time. So you, you've got to think a little bit outside of the box and get a little bit creative as to how you can get those stakeholders together in a single room. Yeah, the only tip I have to add there, Brian, is that I would hang on to that last slide for the asks and make sure that I had a, a paper trail maybe of what my managers committed to do and what we were able to accomplish, not to throw them under the bus, but more along the lines of these are genuine asks you committed to them. We either did them or we didn't do them. They're not going to forget. Uh, they might want you to think they forgot, but they're not going to forget. So I pull that back up and then hopefully get a little bit more buy-in from my asks in the next quarter. Yep. It just shows a more prepared measure territory too, right? The more prepared you are um, and the more clear and concise your plan is, the better it is, uh, the, the more likely it is for them to, uh, to want to partner with you and work with you. So Bobby, uh, why don't we jump into uh, what's next? Yeah, it's been exciting. You know, we're almost two, two and a half months in at this point, and we have got a lot of great feedback. So first and foremost, I wish I could say exactly who it is, but we have a great interview guest that will be joining us in the next couple of weeks. I can't wait for her to be on the podcast and share her experiences in tech sales. After that, we have decided on our next series. Thanks to all those that answered our poll. Our next series is going to be the sales process how to execute the sales process. And we're gonna have more listener choices across the next few months, but the next listener choice episode will be negotiating best practices. And I can't wait to dive into that with everybody. So please keep that feedback coming. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we've got some goals in terms of um, number of subscribers on YouTube that allow us to do some technical things there. I know that sounds weird and ambiguous, but please subscribe on YouTube um, if you feel like we've earned that. Give us video ideas too. Bobby's creating a lot of great videos. You can expect a couple of upcoming ones from him. 
uh, an Excel tip that should save everyone hours of time. Um, Bobby is kind of the Excel ninja. For those of you that know him, already know that. For those of you that don't, you'll find out quickly enough. Um, and then if you are someone that sends out um, invites for events that you have coming to prospective customers, he's got a new um, video that's going to be out for how to quickly mail merge those things. I would also add, uh, as being labeled the Excel Ninja, send me your ideas and, and what you need to know about Excel. I'll be happy to create videos. I'll be happy to share those with everybody. If you need it and you ask it, I'll make the video. Great. So um, the last ask we have is if you think we've earned it, please give us five stars on iTunes. Uh, we want to continue to get the word out and try to build, uh, continue to build on the listener base there too. If you don't think we've deserved five stars, please send us some feedback. We'd love to know what we can do better. Uh, so with uh, that being said, uh, Average is the Enemy. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show with Bobby and Brian. Subscribe to their email list by going to bobbyandbrian.com and follow them on Twitter at Bobby Brian Sales. <laughs>